Good morning. Today is Friday, February 5th, 2021. This week's Parsha, the Parsha of Yisro, the Aseros Adibros, the Ten Commandments, a unique event in all of human history where God reveals himself and speaks to the entire Jewish people. Well, it's a big deal. And God is going to say some amazing things. In fact, every word that God speaks is not only amazing, it's revolutionary. Anochi Hashem I am the Lord your God. There's only one God. That was revolutionary. It went against everything that people believed at that time and everything that people thought. There's only one God. Revolutionary. Shabbos. What an amazing idea. What an incredible concept. Where would we be without Shabbos? And so on and so on. But let me ask you a question. Lo tirzach, don't commit murder. Let me ask you, is that, is that really news? I understand it's got to be included in the list. I understand. But lo tirzach, don't commit murder. Don't, don't we already understand that? I mean, does anybody here think that it would have been okay, but, but, but God came along and said, no, we're not allowed to do it. Almost every society recognizes that murder is something that, for whatever reason, it doesn't matter what reason, but that it's wrong, that it's terrible, that it's a crime. Why? What is so novel about it that it deserves being included in this list? Well, one reason is because <clears throat> we need God to tell us because there comes time when society decides that certain things are no longer murder when in fact, according to the Torah, they are. Physician-assisted dying is an act of murder. That's all. There's nothing else to say about it. And that's notwithstanding the fact that a majority of people in Canada believe that it's okay, believe that it should be lawful. And in fact, it is lawful in Canada now. Doesn't matter. Everybody in the world can believe it, but murder is murder. So we need God to tell us, which seems so intuitive, but at certain points, under certain circumstances, obviously it's not so intuitive. God has to tell us. But also, a deeper layer is that our definition of murder is unique. In other words, what I mean is, what we mean when we say that do not commit murder is not always obvious. So I want to share a story with you. This is a true story. I heard it from Rabbi Pesach Krohn. And it goes like this. There was a Sheva Brachos party celebrating the recent marriage of a bride and a groom. And the groom, the chassan, the groom, was a well-respected young Torah scholar on his way to becoming a stellar Torah teacher and leader, filled with promise, brilliant, 
sincere, religious, and he and his bride were celebrating their recent wedding. And so they had this party, the Shavabrachos, for seven nights. And it is traditional that at such a gathering, the chasan, the groom, will stand up and, and, and speak. Sometimes he will give a learned Devar Torah, perhaps explaining a passage in the Talmud or something to do with the Torah portion. Maybe he'll say something nice and cute about his new bride or her family if he's smart. Okay, that's kind of typical. At this party, at this Sheva Bracha, the groom stood up and he said, I want to tell everyone about a story that happened to me. It was a turning point in my life. And where I am now is due to this story. And he says, the story happened when I was in fifth grade. He attended a boy's yeshiva. And when he was in fifth grade, a classmate, I'll use the name Naftali, a classmate came into school one morning with a brand new expensive watch. And he was so proud of this watch. He got it as a present and it was beautiful and it was expensive and he was showing everybody, look at the beautiful watch that I have. And everyone looked at it. It was very beautiful. It was quite expensive. At recess, everyone ran out to play ball and the boy Naftali took off his watch and left it on his desk so it wouldn't get damaged outside playing ball. When they came back to the class after recess, the watch was gone. Naftali went berserk. He was hysterical. What happened? He started screaming and crying and it's brand new and it's expensive and who, who could have taken it? Why would someone take it? Just hysterical. Understandably. Now, the Rebbe, the teacher of the class, was certain that no one else had come into the classroom during the break. Which means the only alternative is that one of the boys in the class took the watch. It's a terrible thing to say, but there appears to be no other solution. So the Rebbe quieted the class down and he said to the class, he said, I know it must have been very tempting to see a new watch on a table and it's expensive and it's beautiful. And I can understand if someone was tempted to take it, just bring it back, just give it back. No consequences, I understand. Let's just bring it back and give it back to Naftali. The boys in the class are silent, no one moves. They're kind of looking at each other to see if anybody else is going to admit to it.
The Rebbe waited a few more minutes, and then he said, I guess I have no choice. I'm going to ask every boy in the class to stand up against the wall and to face the wall, and I'll have to check the pockets of every boy. But he said, while you're standing against the wall, you are not allowed to turn around your face until I tell you to. You stand facing the wall. You do not move until I tell you you can turn around. Nobody said a word. They all stood up against the wall, facing the wall, not looking at each other, not looking at the teacher. And then the Hassan, who's telling the story of the groom, his face turns bright red. And he says, telling this story to his new wife, new family, the day after his wedding, he says, I was the third boy in line. And I was hoping somehow that when the Rebbe reached me, he would not find the watch somehow because it was in my pocket. I was going to give it back, but it was beautiful. It was, it was expensive. I was going to give it back, but I just thought about what was going to happen as the Rebbe reached me, the third student, and he's going to find the watch and it's going to be the end of my life. I'm going to be ashamed. I'm going to be embarrassed. I'm going to be humiliated. So this boy, third in line, was shaking in place. The Rebbe checked the pockets of the first boy, the second boy, the third boy, took the watch, the fourth boy, the fifth boy, he went to the end of the line. After he had finished checking the pockets of every boy, he said to them, boys, you can now turn around. The watch is returned. At that moment, as this boy was walking back to his seat, he had to hold himself back from crying because he understood what his teacher had done. He understood how his teacher had saved him from being embarrassed and humiliated by checking every single one. He didn't stop after he found the watch so that the boys who were standing in line could never know who in fact was holding the watch. And he says, the Rebbe, the teacher, didn't even look at me. And he resumed teaching like nothing had happened. And at that moment, I decided that I wanted to grow up to be like him, like that teacher. That's the person I want to be like. And this groom, this young man, indeed became a wonderful young scholar, and teacher and role model to a generation of students. All because 
his teacher protected his dignity and allowed him to retain his honor. With that one gesture, his teacher laid the foundation to validate a student so that that student could go on to eventually have the same effect on others. That's a true story. Our rabbis tell us, one who embarrasses their fellow in public, it is as if they murdered them. Now that's not meant to be a literal statement, but it's also not meant to be not a literal statement because embarrassing someone publicly could ruin the rest of a person's life, could change the rest of a person's life. It could have an effect like actual literal murder. So strongly did our rabbis understand. God tells us this week in the Aserah Sedibros in the Ten Commandments, Lo Tirzach, but not just the obvious forms of murder even the forms of murder that are not so obvious, but they are still part of our definition. And as we read this passage, this Shabbos, let's focus on the literal meaning because that too has become relevant in our day, in our society. Nebuch, we have to fight against that. But let's continue to focus on the literal, non-literal, but also not non-literal meaning. Let's make sure we never ruin a person's life, God forbid, by embarrassing them publicly. Because if we can do that, we can save someone's life. My friends, I wish you a great Shabbos. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.